of the Nippy Radio Recording Studios high above 107 Columbia, welcome to this week's edition of the Nippy Practice Tip, where both our eyes are zeroed in on the thermometer as the temperature begins to rise above freezing. Today we're going to be addressing justification, and with this Nippy Practice Tip on justification, there is also a link to a new and very extensive memo on the subject of justification. So let's begin and hit the high spots. The defense of justification is not an affirmative defense that shifts the burden of proof to the defense. If there is evidence presented at trial by either party that establishes that there is a reasonable view of the evidence that would support a finding that the defendant was justified in using physical or deadly physical force, depending on the case, then the people must disprove beyond a reasonable doubt that the defendant's conduct was not justified. Here are a few key issues to remember when dealing with a defense of justification. Number one, the subject of some of the more recent cases and important aspects of the method of how the justification charge is to be given to the jury is that the instruction must clearly communicate to the jury that they should consider this issue only once in their deliberations, regardless of how many lesser counts to which it applies are charged to the jury. While justification may apply to multiple charges in the indictment, the issue should be determined only once by the jury in the context of specific conduct by the defendant and the victim. If the jury determines that the people have not disproved the defendant's claim of justification beyond a reasonable doubt, then every count to which it applies must result in an acquittal on those counts. In multiple appellate court cases, convictions have been reversed because the court charged that the jury needed to consider justification for each count to which it applied. In so doing, they gave the impression that the jury needed to reconsider this issue in each count, and that was error. Be sure to read, for example, the case of People v. Colosuano, a First Department case from 2016 in which the court wrote, If the jury found defendant not guilty of the top count of attempted murder in the second degree on the basis of justification, it should not consider any lesser counts to the extent based on the same conduct. Also, see additional cases, People v. Velez, People v. Roberts, and others that had reversals based on this same error. Next, let's take a look at what's known as the Del Debio charge. If you are on trial with a case where the defense is justification and the defendant inflicted numerous gunshot or knife wounds upon the victim, an appropriate charge to request is that the defendant must have been justified in each separate shot or stab wound. The fact that the first one may have been justified does not mean all the others were also justified. Based on the case of People v. Del Debio, a First Department case from 1997, where leave was denied by the Court of Appeals in 1998, the court wrote, 
the court properly instructed the jury that they must separately analyze each shot fired by the defendant in determining whether the defendant's action was justified. Even if a defendant is justified in using deadly physical force at the beginning of a single ongoing encounter with an assailant, his right to use that force terminates at the point he can no longer reasonably believe the assailant still poses a threat to him. Our next point is that the justification charge does not apply to a crime based on possession of a weapon. Very important point to be found in the case of People v. Pons, a Court of Appeals decision from 1986. As the court wrote in the Pons, justification based on self-defense pertains only to the use of physical force. It does not apply to a crime based on the possession of a weapon even though an element of the crime is that the defendant possessed the weapon with the intent to use it unlawfully against another. Here, defendant's conviction for criminal possession of a weapon in the second degree should be affirmed since the court properly refused to charge justification as a defense to that crime. We hold, therefore, that because possession of a weapon does not involve the use of physical force, there are no circumstances when justification can be a defense to the crime of criminal possession of a weapon. The proper defense for gun possession charge in the context of an assault or a murder case is temporary lawful possession. If the only time the defendant possessed the gun or the knife was when he or she was defending him or herself, a jury may well find, however, that while the defendant was defending him or herself when shooting the victim and therefore acquit on the charge of assault or murder, they may still convict on the weapons possession if they determine that the defendant possessed that gun illegally before and or after the, quote, legal possession that took place during the shooting. Next, let's consider a case where the victim's use of fists was sufficient under the facts of that case to require the justification charge be given for the defendant's use of deadly physical force against the victim. A case that handled this type of issue was People v. Morgan, a First Department case from 2012. The court wrote in its decision, the evidence at trial showed that the complainant attacked the defendant, who is the mother of his children, by punching her in the face. He forced her up against the wall and then repeatedly punched her in the head and neck area while she attempted to fight him off. Despite the attempt of two security guards to restrain the complainant, defendant could not get free until she removed a steak knife from her waistband area and stabbed the complainant in the cheek, causing him to release her, at which time she fled. Although the complainant momentarily dropped to the ground, he rose immediately, pulled the blade from his face, and chased after the defendant down 28 flights of stairs, still holding the knife until he was eventually physically restrained in the building's lobby by security guards and police. The observations of the guards amply supported the defendant's contention that at the time in question, the complainant was the aggressor and that defendant had no opportunity to retreat. Although the complainant only used his fists, the defendant had reason to believe she was in danger of serious physical injury if she continued to allow him to beat her. The couple's history included multiple instances where the complainant had choked and beaten the defendant, and she was well aware of his ability to inflict serious physical injury. 
Under these circumstances, it cannot be said that the people disproved the defense of justification beyond a reasonable doubt. When the defendant's defense is not one of justification, but rather that it was an accident, or he or she did absolutely nothing, then the charge of justification should not be given unless it is made out directly by the people's evidence. Take a look at the case of People v. Poston, a case from the First Department from which leave was denied by the Court of Appeals in 2012. In its decision, the court wrote, Defendant's primary defense at trial was that the knife belonged to the victim, who pulled it out and began to open it. Defendant contended that he grabbed for the knife and it pinched or clamped on the victim's hand before falling to the ground. Defendant testified that he had not intended to cut the victim, but he was trying to disarm him. This claim of an accidental injury required no justification charge at all. Next, let's take a look at the use of justification charges in the context of reckless endangerment cases. In the case of People v. Black, a First Department case from 2006, the court erred in not giving such a charge and it resulted in a conviction for reckless endangerment being reversed. The court in the Black case wrote, The defense at trial was justification, and counsel requested that the court charge such defense with respect to every count submitted except criminal possession of a weapon in the second degree. The court agreed that based on the defendant's testimony, a justification charge was appropriate. But the actual charge instructed the jury that the defense of justification does not apply to the charge of reckless endangerment in the first degree. Counsel objection to this portion of the charge was overruled. The trial court erred in instructing the jury that the defense of justification did not apply to the reckless endangerment charge. If any reasonable view of the evidence would permit the fact finder to decide that the conduct of the accused was justified, the instruction should be given. Thus, if the evidence reasonably supported a finding that the defendant reasonably believed deadly physical force was necessary to defend against the imminent use of deadly physical force, and the defendant could not safely retreat or had no duty to retreat, then justification would be established. In addition to this brief nifty practice tip, please be sure to see the link to the new memo addressing justification with many, many more cases and additional issues for your consideration. As always, our thanks to our crack producer and ace night watchman, Jonathan Marconi Crispino. To all of you out there, be well and stay ready, my friends. Mm-hmm.